Hey friends, welcome to Beyond the Crops. Farmers and ranchers face unique challenges, combining the independence of being small business owners along with the challenges of managing under a global system of supply and demand, there are a lot of factors out of our control, all of which affect our mental well-being. I'm MP. And I'm Jenna. Our special guest for today, Ashley Machado, is a counselor and mental health consultant focusing on the ag industry. She grew up in the dairy industry and is the wife to a calf rancher, almond farmer in California and a mom of two. Ashley has a BA in human development and her master's in social work with emphasis in clinical mental health. She's rethinking the way we support mental health in the ag industry and specializes in breaking down big ideas and deep feelings into simple and actionable strategies for ag families and businesses alike. Today, we're discussing the stigma surrounding mental health in rural areas and how it affects seeking help. Ashley shares practical tips and resources for folks in the ag industry to cope with stress, anxiety, and more in this demanding profession. Before we let Ashley introduce herself, Mary, Pat, and I thought it would both be fun to talk about how we first met Ashley, because I feel like I've known you a long time, Ashley. Before I even really intentionally started sharing on social media, I went to a retreat at Five Marys, and Ashley was at that same retreat. So we've known each other since, I don't know, what year was that? 2018? Um, 2019? 2018. Ago. Yeah. And there's a group of us from that retreat that have stayed in touch and gotten together even a few times since then. So I feel like Ashley and I go way back and we're just so happy to have you with us today. I'm excited. And I met you. I mean, we both, well, were you, she wasn't at your Rural Rooted, was she? Yeah, no, Jenna. unfortunately. And I met you at Rural Rooted and yeah. got to work with you through that too. So plus both Jenna and I have worked with you individually and you've really helped us through some things. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I was thinking MP when we met and I think we were both coaching at Rural Rooted. Yep. Yep. But I can't remember, like maybe March, 2021, something like that. Was I pregnant? Then probably. Yes. Were you? (laughs) I can't remember. I'm like, I've gone to sleep too many times. I went to the very first Rural Rooted and you were pregnant then. I don't know. If that oh, okay. Helps. So maybe it was March 2022. I don't know. I, I anyway, like time flies though. Yeah, time flies. <laughs> we were all in Nashville together too, which that was such oh, a fun trip. Maybe that was when we met for the yeah, like, yeah, in it was person. like rooted yeah. 2.0. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah I know. I had so much fun. <laughs> okay, Ashley, why don't you give us some background on who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got to where you are today? Because when I was first at that retreat with you, you did not talk about anything that you're doing today. So I I was actually thinking the first time we met, I, my LV, my second, she was like three months old. You were definitely pumping. I think I was pumping and I left the ranch late because of like ranch stuff. And then I'm driving, there's traffic. It's like a six hour drive. I'm pumping while I'm driving. I show up late. Jenna, I'm pretty sure you thought I was high (laughs) (laughs) from California, (laughs) but, but I was just, I'm just like a pretty chill person and Uh I showed up late and I'm pretty sure probably other people would have been like, oh my God, I'm late, blah, blah, blah. And then when I get nervous, my, I kind of talk quiet. So I was talking quiet. I was late. I'm a naturally chill person and people are like, who is this girl? (laughs) I was like, sorry, I just had to stop at Taco Bell and I'm pumping. It was a whole thing. 
Yeah, I love it. So <laughs> but, fun. but that weekend, you kind of talked about doing some sort of uh, like kid youth camps on the, your yeah, farm. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Well, I, I did those. I, I did do those. Um, uh-huh. and then I realized our ranch isn't necessarily built structurally to have a bunch of people there. And right. Manny was having a heart attack, having all these people at the ranch. And I was like, oh, we're going to maybe just pause that for like when uh-huh. I'm an old lady or something. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I grew up about 30 minutes from where we live now in a small farming town. My grandpa had a dairy, but my dad, he is um, was a California Highway Patrol and my mom was in the medical field. Um, but we were on my grandpa's dairy all the time, playing and, you know, doing dairy kid stuff. And he, my grandparents immigrated from the Azores and what I kind of began to notice was that no one really ever talked about things that I wanted to talk about. I was kind of like a curious, annoying young kid who had like a ton of questions and all of the adults didn't really know how to answer them because they probably didn't really feel comfortable talking about all the things that I was asking. Like, why are we doing this? And they would probably answer like, because that's what we do. And that wouldn't be enough for me. And that was kind of how things progressed. And I always like just wanted more information and to know like, why are we doing what we are doing? Um, I was a athlete through college. And so I ended up going to Sonoma State and I played college there and I studied human development just to kind of answer those questions that I was you always You need to wondering. tell everybody what sport you played because I think it's so cool. Um, water polo. <laughs> I, I think that's I awesome. It is awesome. I mean, water polo is just not a sport that's played in Nebraska, like any of the Midwest any, states. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> you know, um, it is pretty big on the East Coast, though. And I think it's starting to grow in the South a little bit. But it's mostly, yeah, California sport. All the top California schools have pretty good programs. I mean, I think that does have a big part in who I am now is because. Um, I was also kind of anxious as a kid, probably because I was, that's why I was asking all these questions and I put everything into being an athlete just to kind of help, I don't know, deflect from my anxiousness, which I didn't really understand what I was going through at the time. But then after that, I went down to LA and got my master's in social work with an emphasis in clinical mental health. And that's when I started dating my husband now, Manny. And um, I was like, okay, well, am I going to go back to farm life? Like, am I going back to the ranch? He was having a calf ranch, like doing the whole thing that we are doing now. And I was like, well, I guess I am because I love him and we're going to get married. So I um, (laughs) ended up back here on the ranch, even though I was like, I have got to get out when I left. And I be, we got, pregnant unexpectedly right away. I didn't think that I was able to have kids is what the doctor told me. And then I was pregnant and um, I struggled with postpartum anxiety pretty severely. And I started to look for resources and I realized there are none. Like there, there was nothing for me. And I was like, what, 
what do you mean? Like, I can't therapy myself. Like, even though I've already worked with, you know, at risk youth, at risk women, I've worked under some of the top psychologists and therapists in the country. Like, I can't do that. But then I was pretty stubborn. I was like, well, if there's no one here for me, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And in that winter, um, we got a ton of rain and I began to see like our neighbors and Manny was talking about the dairymen that we work with really struggling with the milk prices and the rain and just everything going on. And I was like, gosh, there is no resources for them either. And then I was like, okay, well, let me, there's got to be something out there for ag and farm people. There was nothing. There was like, I think one hotline and that was it. And I was like, wow, I have to start sharing. So then I started sharing um, on social media, then started speaking, then started working with ag businesses to consult on their wellness programs and how they provide wellness tools to the farmers and ranchers they work with, but, and also their employees. And that's kind of where I am now. I love it. Um, also, can we point out that you had to search to find the one hotline that was available? I feel like that just kind of paints the picture of literally how there's no resources. Yeah. You know, I think that it is, we as people in the ag industry are very stoic in terms of like, we are tough, we are resilient, we make it through, we figure things out, like we really believe everything is figure outable. And in doing that, we can sometimes push aside all of the hard stuff just to kind of like make it through. And so we probably weren't really asking or saying that we needed help. But um, 41.9% of people are struggling with immense stress. 32.6% of people have diagnosable depression. And we're one of the leaders in suicide rates by industry. Like agriculture is in the group that's number one. So we really need to be asking for help and voicing that we are struggling because while us as an individual may feel like we're the only one struggling, the truth is we're not. Like as an industry, we have a really hard job and a really hard lifestyle. And that's not to say that it comes with really beautiful and blessings that come along with it. It's a both and situation. And I think it's okay that now people are beginning to talk about it and now people are beginning to express like, Hey, this is hard and it's awesome. And I'm hopeful for the future for us that we can, we've already come so far as an industry, but can we just imagine like what it would be like if we were also taking care of our mental health and ourself, like what we could do um, as a business owner, as a family member, like as a community, like we could really make like huge change. And I don't know, I see the beauty in that. I yes, love that so I have much. so much I want to <laughs> say. And I think, okay, if you, I've, I've known you guys for a while and I feel like maybe what I try to give off is like a very positive vibe, especially when I'm sharing about what we do and how we do it and all that. Um, and so I guess like getting help with my mental health maybe wouldn't have been on my radar because I'm like, no, I'm fine. But because so many had shared about their journeys on mental health, especially you, Jenna, was the reason that I chose to work with you, Ash. And it has been like, I mean, we can, we don't have to go in deep, but like really life-changing for me to have 
my mental health be a priority? I can kind of add to that. I mean, I, by trade, am a labor nurse and we're educated on postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And you have no idea how many nurses just are educated on it. We educate our patients on it, kind of suffer silently. And sometimes it takes another nurse or friend being like, okay, girlfriend, we've been struggling with this for a while. It's time to get some help. But I just always knew Ashley was just talking so openly about mental health, especially in agriculture. It just was so easy for me to reach out to a friend that was also professional that could offer some mental health help. So I adore you for that, Ashley. And I don't, is this a good time to kind of go into you giving farmers in general or as farm wives, or if you want to just address the whole agriculture industry, just some tangible mental health tips or different, I don't know. I'll just let you take it from here with that. Yeah, I think, well, as we kind of talked about before we started recording, a lot of you guys are going into harvest. We're in almond harvest right now. Fall is like a really big time for that. And while Almond harvest is a lot different than corn or soybean or all those other crops that are grown in the Midwest <laughs> harvest. Um, it's still long hours. You're, oh, yeah. You or your, and your partner are still like not as home as much. Your kids begin to notice it. Then they want to see mom or dad, whoever's harvesting home at bedtime. They're not home at bedtime. Then it's like, how do I answer these questions? Like we're eating dinner by ourselves. Like it just can kind of be a lot. So I think most importantly, remembering that it's a season, like it's going to last however many weeks it's going to last, and then you're going to be in the home stretch. So it's not going to be like this forever. It's just going to be like this for a couple of weeks. And you can make it through that. You have made it through that. And you'll continue to make it through that if this is what you continue to choose to do because you can do it. And I think that, I mean, in the middle, that's really hard to remember. So then we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. Like, I can do this. I can make it through. I've already made it this far. I only have this far to go. Like, to me, that is one of the most important things to remember. And then also, like, always challenging our thoughts. Like, our brain does this thing. Like, it gathers all these thoughts from experiences that we've been in from our childhood, how we're living now, how we view ourselves, how we view the world, and our subconscious creates all these thoughts in our brain. And then it sends them forward. It's like a text thread from a bunch of different parts of your brain. And it, all these thoughts are coming through. And you know when you're in a group text and it's like boom, 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 and you kind of choose what to respond to, that's kind of how we have to view our thoughts. So our brain's going to send all these thoughts forward. Whether they're true or not, that's for you to decide. So say your brain is like, uh, you're a terrible wife because you were late taking the food to your partner and he had to wait. And then har everyone else who was doing harvest had to wait. And then like, oh, that does not feel good to think that one. And two, it's just not accurate. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what else do I know to be true? One, I tried my hardest. I did the best that I could with the tools that I had in the moment. Did my partner eventually get their food? Yeah. Did it get there kind of like, yeah, but you know, I tried my best and there was nothing else I could do. And that's okay. Like 
trying our best is okay too. Like perfection isn't real. So as long as we're just trying and doing the best that we could, like, and I think that really, I believe that everyone is trying the best they can at all times of the day. Um, it just is a lot helpful to get through harvest. Can you elaborate more, Ashley, on the challenging the thoughts? Because when I worked with you last year, that was something that you taught me and I was doing really well. And then after having my third baby this time, I was like, I recognize the thoughts, but I would just kind of push them away. And then when I spoke with you again, you told me you have to actually challenge them. Can mm-hmm. you give, I know you just talked about it, but give maybe another example or two and just um, a good way to remind people that might be doing what I'm doing and just pushing the thoughts away instead of actually challenging them. I like to just push them away. If I'm going to be honest, I'm like, what's the deal with this feeling? Not me. Right. <laughs> like, this seems Bye. like a lot of work. Yeah. Literally, that's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, oh, why are you feeling that way? Go away. And uh-huh. then I just push it away. But the thing is, when we push stuff down and we push it away, it just grows bigger. Um, one of my favorite quotes by a psychologist is Carl Jung, and he says, what we resist persists. So what we push mm-hmm. away is just going to grow bigger. And, um, another way I like to challenge my thoughts is just to write them all out and cross it out. If it's not like a 100% fact, like it has to be a fact. And sometimes when you're writing them down, it just makes it a little more tangible to see yourself crossing out this thought. Like, um, I'm what, a what did we say? Oh, I'm a terrible wife. Um, so you're writing that down. You're like, well, is that true? No, that's not true. Like, I'm doing the best we can. And like, just because dinner got there late one night, that doesn't mean I'm a terrible wife. It doesn't mean I suck, but our brain just is programmed to like make you be on edge and make you be alert from like long time ago when we were like cave people, you know, it was like our anxiety was there to protect us. And it is still there to protect us for a sense, but that's our job to kind of like, regulate it and keep it at bay. Um, one of my favorite analogies, I I'll have to, I don't remember the psychologist who thought of it, but if you imagine all the parts of you around like a conference table, you're at the head, anxiety's at one, sadness is at one, your kids are at one, your partner's at one, family members, your job, all the activities, hobbies, they're all at one. Okay. And you're at the head of it. What you don't want to happen is for, um, sit, you're late. We're going to just keep going with this analogy. You're late to taking the dinner and your anxiety's like, oh my gosh, you're terrible. Your anxiety stands up at the conference table. They push you out of the head chair and then they sit in the head chair and your anxiety's like, nope, you're terrible. You suck. You're the worst. And then you just go to bed sad, right? When your anxiety kind of takes over like that, what you want to do, I know this sounds kind of crazy to people, is just be like, hey, anxiety, you know what? That's not true. I'm pretty awesome. These are the ways that I was great today. Um, I know you're trying to protect me in some way. It's not helping or working right now. And I know you're always going to be there. So just go sit back down in your chair and I'm okay. I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I have in the moment. People have asked me, you mean you want me to like talk to myself like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and a I'm like, bit. yeah, <laughs> yeah, challenge it. Like be like, hey, what that's not what's up. Like, no, I'm I'm not dealing with like that. 
because that's not true. What I know to be true is that I tried my best. Um, my partner got their food on time and I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I love that so much. Yes, me too. At the end of the day, what went right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, another great tool is just like, you know, we have our to-do lists and we're uh-huh. like crossing off our to-do list, but as we all know, the to-do list never ends. Like stuff's mm-hmm. always added to the to-do list. Sometimes well, I used to think like, oh, when I get my to-do list done, things are going to be great. Yeah. But my to-do list would never be done. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of setting things myself up for failure great. here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah, things are never going to be great. So then I started writing down everything that I did that day, like literally everything down to like, I washed the one mug or whatever, like everything. I'm like, damn, I did a lot today. Like, it's okay that my to-do list didn't get done. Look at all the other stuff that I did. And that kind of helps with our sense of accomplishment a little bit, just like recognizing what we were able to get done. And I know like, Jenna, you're in the baby phase right now. So those thoughts can kind of creep up a lot. Like, what did I do today? I just held my baby all day. Well, you didn't just hold your baby all day. You created space for your baby. You bonded with your baby. You fed your baby. And like literally all these things are pivotal for their survival and are very important. So like those take time too. And it's awesome that you're doing those things too. Sometimes Levi will ask me, well, what's your plan for the day? And I will say, honestly, keep the kids alive, which that is, it's one thing, but that's a big job. <laughs> Dude, that's a huge job. Keeping kids alive. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sometimes I'm like, you're alive, but I don't know if I am guys. Right. Yes. <laughs> I have something along these lines that maybe Ashley would have some good advice for the people listening right now, because I feel like we do probably have a lot of moms listening to our podcast and Mm -hmm. harvest is a very heavy time of year for us as far as responsibilities go. So Mm -hmm. Jenna and I both agree that it is so hard to ask for help with kids like Mm. to whoever. So can you give us like, why is it so hard? And then maybe some tips or effective ways to ask for help with kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. This is something I am still working on. But <laughs> what I know is that every be- mom that's listening is shaking her head right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. Why, why though? Why mentally why? is it? It's hard because of X. Ex- I believe it's hard because of expectations that we put on ourselves that society has maybe put on us as women as a whole. Um, you know, we think we have to you know, cook all the food and take care of our kids. But also what we're forgetting now is we're also working women. Like we're recording this podcast right now. We're working. And maybe that's not something women were doing a long time ago. So it's okay to be a little easy on ourselves. And, you know, we can't, Manny told, I was like having a mental breakdown. I was like telling him all these things I want to do. Some of them are kind of outlandish. I'm like telling him how I want to learn Portuguese and I can't even Portuguese (laughs) and French. And I want to do this podcast and I want to be traveling to like work with all these businesses that I'm working with. And I want to be able to pick the kids up from school and help them with their homework and be the mom that takes, goes to the bake sale. And I want to be cooking dinner all the night. And Manny was like, Ashley. 
You can do all of those things. You cannot do all of those things at the same time. I was like, yeah. Oh, well, what do you mean? <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> that's the truth. We can't. And it's okay. Like, it's really okay. There's not enough hours in the day to be able to do all of those things. So we have to kind of prioritize what's important to us and what matters to us the most. So um, I saw this one person talk about the glass ball analogy. Have you guys heard about mm -hmm. that? I'm not sure. Remind me. We're like, you're don't let the glass balls drop type of deal. Yeah. So okay, you, have glass balls, you have glass balls and rubber balls and the glass balls are things that you haven't assigned the most importance to. So for me, um, my glass balls are my kids are my marriage, um, and are like my self time. I kind of recharge when I'm by myself. So whether that's in the garden by myself, working out by myself or whatever I'm doing, but alone. <laughs> so, yeah. um, those are my three glass balls. The rest of the stuff is rubber balls in to me to, mm -hmm. that could be different to somebody else. Um, and what you want to do is just keep the glass balls afloat because if what I have assigned to them is if those shatter, that's, I'm not okay with that. Cause when you drop them, they're going to shatter, but the rubber balls, you drop it, it's going to bounce back. It's going to be fine. It's not that big mm -hmm. of a deal. Um, and it took, sometimes I feel selfish saying my alone time is my glass ball, but it took a lot of failure from me on my part to really learn that it's important for me to take care of myself because I can't take care of the other two glass balls, my marriage and yes. my kids in the capacity that I'm able to, if I'm not taking care of myself first. And so then I'm like, Oh, well, actually don't feel selfish at all because we're all operating at a much higher level when I'm taking care of myself. Because I think as wives and I'm going to generalize women, um, we, put other people first a lot and we don't put ourselves first. And what that does, it leaves a lot of women calling me and telling me they're burnt out and overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, when was the last time you showered or brushed your teeth without someone sitting on your foot or not while you're cooking dinner or not while you're also X, Y, and Z. They're like, well, I don't know. I haven't done that in a long time. I'm like, it's okay to ask and say that. I want to shower by myself because that's like a basic need. Washing yourself is a basic <laughs> need. Brushing your teeth is a basic need. It's okay to um, just say, I need some time alone. And then figuring out that kind of typically is the hard part figuring out how you're going to get that time in the day. Okay. You, we mentioned that ag as a whole, we're like, we can fix it. We can iron this out by ourselves type of people. Mm -hmm. Now we have tips for kind of the wife, but it's a lot of women listening. Do you have anything tips that you could give to us women in agriculture that we could maybe help our husbands or like a, a some sort of, mental yeah. health tip that we could either tell our husbands or help him or I don't know. Do you know, do you get what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah. And I love this question and I don't think people like my answer too much because we can't tell people 
that they need to fix their mental health because they're just going to be resistant. So we can do is show them. So, and I think that that takes a lot of, um, self-awareness to realize like, cause I mean, in marriages, typically it's like, you're the one who needs to do this. You're the one who needs to do that. You know, we kind of like blame the other person cause it's, it's hard to look inward. Um, but if I say like, okay, well your partner probably, and maybe actually struggling with what they're going through, you, if you telling them that they're just going to be defensive. So what you can do is show them and use the tools. And when you're using them, say like, oh man, I was really struggling the other day and my brain was going crazy. And so I was like, gosh, I heard this lady talking on a podcast and she said to ask yourself, what else do you know to be true? And I did that. Wow. It really helped me. And this is how it helped me. And the first time they're probably like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not listening to that. The second time, well, this is the second time they've heard it. The third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, as they keep hearing it, it's going to just get imprinted into their brain. And that's my favorite way (laughs) because then they're going to do it naturally when they're ready to, and it's less forcing someone to do something. I love that. It's funny that I'm taking notes during our own podcast with you. I was taking notes too. I was like, glass balls. What are my glass balls? (laughs) Okay. We talked about the glass balls, but like, if you're worried you're going to drop one of your glass balls, what are some effective ways to ask for help? Mm -hmm. Um, Effective ways to asking for help. You can, first you need to identify what you need help with. Truly on the surface, you may think I just need help with X, but really, is that what you need help with? So identifying what you actually need help with. And I think addressing what your concerns are for asking for help. So what, if you don't mind me asking you guys, what holds you guys back from asking for help? For me, I feel like it's guilt. Like I'm putting like, so for the most part, I need help with kids, right? Because especially during harvest, I don't have my spouse to help me with them. So I feel guilty asking for help for putting them on to someone else pretty much like almost like I feel terrible as a mother saying this, but like almost like it's burdening them when maybe I should not think that way because they are very joyful yeah. and joy bringing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I think um, asking yourself, is that true? Are they oh. a burden? <laughs> like are are they a burden and will the person I'm asking find them to be burdensome? I think that a lot of times, well, hopefully the person you're asking to watch your kids is not going to find them burdensome. Or if they are, then like, maybe this is your last option. Okay. So you can be like, I know you have a lot going on, really acknowledge the other person and what they have going on in their feelings. I know you have a lot going on with X, Y, and Z. I'm having a hard time right now with managing work, managing harvest, managing field meals and everything else that I'm doing and being a present mom with the kids. I'm wondering, could you watch them for a couple of hours on Wednesday? Um, Let me know if that works for you. Get back to me or whatever. What that does is it gives them the opportunity 
to help. We often take that away from people. We think they don't want to help. They're going to find it a burden. They have a lot going on. But what that does is it takes the opportunity away from them to be able to support someone that they probably care a lot about. Mm-hmm. And so um, acknowledging what they have going on, saying how you feel, and then asking. And if they say no, then repeat for the next person you're going to ask. Don't let that be the only time you ask. I think my holdup is I, well, you know, I left my job as a full-time labor nurse. So in my head, I'm like a stay-at-home mom, but then I also still have like three jobs that I'm doing. And so I think maybe it's a little bit of guilt, but then also I feel like if I do ask for help, I need to explain why I'm asking for help. And then I just don't even want to get into it because I feel like a lot of people don't understand what I do. (laughs) That's legit. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you're saying you used to work what you considered a nine to five job. Now Mm -hmm. you're working a bunch of jobs. Also, you view yourself as a stay at home mom. And so when you ask for help, you don't want to have to explain all the things that you do. Correct. Is that right? Okay. Yep. I think we have to reframe that thought a little bit. You're not a stay at home mom. You're a work from home mom. And I don't think you have to explain to everybody what you do. Like you could just say, I have work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure if that you're there, you're asking your kids to go there or them to come to your house, they probably know at s- what you do at some level, like right. a podcast or I don't know. She does the Instagram thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like you don't have to go into detail. They know you're doing something, whether they know if it makes money or they think it's worth your time or whatever. That's their judgment and not something that you need to hold. Um, so I think I'm holding that and I need to yeah. not hold that. Yeah. You could just, I'm, um, Give yourself permission to let go of that. Like those are other people's questions or judgments. And if they want to ask, you're open and I'm ready to be honest with them, to tell them what you do, how it works, how much time it takes. You don't have to go out of your way to, you know, explain something that may or may not make sense to them. That's their responsibility to ask you if they're curious. That's very good advice. A very good point. This is great. And I do think that what another thing going through my mind is if you aren't working and you are, your main job is your family and taking care of your kids, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get some help. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's huge. I think it's so important. So I don't know. It's just like, it is hard though. We feel like we have to explain ourselves or we feel like we have to have a task to do, or we have to have like a reason to be away. And it's just, it honestly kind of annoys me a little bit that we put Mm -hmm. that on ourselves. Yeah. You want to know what a task is going to the grocery store with all your kids. And I only have two, like that's a task. (laughs) And any mom is going to understand that and be like, yeah, Uh you know what? You go to the grocery store, get yourself a coffee, walk those aisles. I'll wash your, watch your kids for a couple of hours. Like even if that's okay. Like it could be something as simple as that. Like, People understand, even if they're not talking about it, people understand how hard it can be um, being a work from home mom or a stay at home mom or a working mom. Like mm-hmm. it, we have ambition too, and we want to raise kids and we want to be 
a great partner. Like that's, that's a lot of plates and they're, they fill up a lot of space. So like we as women, we understand that about each other. It's just being vulnerable and asking for help. Like you have to cross that vulnerability line and it's really hard. Maybe this is something that you can give a tip. Maybe it's not, but I, and I'm sure a lot of women feel like we have a lot of hot irons and like, how do you identify the low lying fruit? Like if something does need cut out of what you've got going on, how do you identify what to cut out? Do you have any tips for that? Um, maybe that's something that you can't really give us an answer for, but even just a thought prompt to, I think something like, does it bring you joy? Is it Mm -hmm. actually important? Is it making money for you? Like answering any of these questions. Um, I, for, I don't know why I like, I have a lot of weird stuff around a house cleaner. I'm, I don't know why I grew like we had one growing up. My parents (laughs) had one. I like, I don't know. I have a lot of weird, uh, something I'm working on. I like, don't like being here. If I've actually, we don't have one right now because I felt too, I was like, this is not a feeling I'm like willing to work on right now. And I'm just going to clean the house by myself. Well, now my house is a disaster and that's not a feeling I really want to live with either. So, um, you have to under like, ask yourself, does cleaning bring me, I, I hate cleaning. So no, it doesn't bring me joy. It's actually taking time away from what I can be contributing to my family in terms of like finance it financial or, you know, spending time with the kids or, you know, prepping food or whatever. Um, and so, uh, is it going to be a financial hardship if I hire a house cleaner? No, I should probably hire one and spend some time thinking about why do I feel uncomfortable with it? And that's probably what I'm going to do after we're done talking now that I walked through that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That one just spoke right to my soul, Ash. So yeah, yeah. I don't. I I, I don't know. What have a house like. cleaner, and I I used to like want to be secretive about it. Like, what are what's my family gonna think? Like, I, it doesn't matter. It's what we need right now because I do not thrive in a dirty, cluttered house, and so it forces me to get my house picked up at least every other week. Mm-hmm. And even my kids notice how much joy it brings me when we come home to a clean house. <laughs> Yeah, just the smell, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, there's bleach everywhere. Yeah, it's and I'm like, okay, we're, nobody's eating here tonight. We're going, <laughs> we're, we're going out. Gonna- <laughs> um, something else I wanted to talk about that you had. I have two books here that Ashley had kind of recommended to me when we started working together. One of them is the Five Minute Journal, and it's you kind of start your day like, what am I grateful for? What would make today great? daily affirmation. And then you had me end the day with three things I did well, and then highlights of the day. And what did I learn? And it was so helpful. And just recognizing like, even when I am overwhelmed, okay, I am very blessed. I do have a great life. I am doing hard things and I'm hanging in there and I'm going to be just fine. So do you want to add anything to that, Ashley? No, I love the five minute journal because of that reason you start your day with gratitude and then you end it just kind of like wrapping up the day with what went well today. Um, what did I do well today? And then for the gratitude, what I've been doing is, um, writing one thing I'm grateful for and then writing why I'm grateful for it 
and how it makes me feel. So when you're really taking that gratitude and imprinting it in yourself, instead of writing like, I'm grateful for my kids, and then not really internalizing it, but then write, but when you write, I'm grateful for my kids, why am I grateful for them? Um, they bring me a lot of joy. They help me grow. They help me see the world in a different way. How do they make me feel? Or how does it make me feel? Loved, challenged, excited. And then you're like, oh, wow. Okay. It's really imprinted in your heart. And then that gratitude will propel you through the rest of the day. Okay. So next up, Ash makes her own five-minute journal for us to buy. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just got to uh, figure out how to do that. But let's put that on the to-do list. Yes. At, there's tons of room on the to-do list. Yeah. I can help yeah. you with journal. I can help you with journal manufacturers. We got this. Yes. Oh, no yes. Problem. Yes, you can. Okay. Well, this sounds a lot easier now. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, what was the other book? Sorry, the other one is the anti-anxiety notebook. And so when you are really overwhelmed and something happens, you can write it down and it kind of babies you through kind of breaking it down and getting like what was going on in your mind. What were you feeling? What patterns did you recognize? And how can you think about the situation differently? And very, very helpful. Yeah, that book was um, designed by a couple of psychologists, I think like 20 or something. And they really walk you through CBT, which is a type of therapy for um, anxiety. And that is a really great way to challenge your thoughts too, and identify how those thoughts are making you feel. And I love challenging that my thoughts was huge in, in healing and just feeling less overwhelmed and feeling like I could handle what was on my plate. And so, yeah, I definitely will link both of those in the show notes for anybody that might want to try them out. Yeah. That, um, the anti-anxiety one, I recommend it. Like, I think everybody should have it. Yeah. Okay. Should we do the last couple of points we really wanted to talk yes. with her about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Ash, you did a TED talk. I did. I we did. want to hear about it. Our friend is famous. Like, yes, just, anybody gets to do a TED talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like a big deal. Well, um, I kind of go on these whims and I like see opportunity. I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. And then I applied and then I was like, oh man, what if I actually get this? What if I actually have to do this? <laughs> this sounds like really hard and stressful. So then I procrastinated doing my talk for quite a while. And then it was like three weeks. No, maybe like a month before. And I was like, oh, I have to give a 15 to 18 minute talk and it has to be memorized. Um, I should probably get to work. And so there's this book, the big magic, this one, it's the girl who wrote eat, pray, love, I think. Um, and she has, she has this analogy that's like, kind of like the table with all the things around that we talked about, but it's with fear. So she's like, we can either let fear take us over or we can say, you know what, fear, you're always going to be here and that's okay, but I'm doing this. So then I literally wrote that on my whiteboard. And I was like, fear, you're always going to be here, but I'm doing this. I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to kill it. And I just like would wrote my talk out. I'd be practicing it. I'd be like, a little rush of anxiety would come and I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. I'm doing this. And then I would read that to myself a couple of times and then I would keep practicing. I did that 
really up until the talk came. And um, my talk was, um, what was it titled? Uh, oh, three tools you need in your toolbox. And then I just talked about mental health and ag and three tools that I think literally every person should have in their toolbox, which is one community to the question, what else do I know to be true? And then three, a breathing exercise, which I can tell you right now. Um, it's the fancy term is called like cyclical breathing, but an easy way to remember is a double inhale. So you breathe in for four seconds, pause for a second, do a quick breath in, pause. Now exhale through your mouth. And the research shows that it's literally going to reduce your anxiety right away. And if you do it kind of throughout the day, it'll lower your baseline of anxiety. Um, and it takes like 10 seconds. So, yeah. So that's something we can all be teaching our farmers to do when they're in the yeah. equipment and getting stressed and tired. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the girls see me, I'll have my hand on my heart doing breathing. They used to be like, mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, now they're like, oh, mom's just doing her breathing. <laughs> I love that. I do too. <laughs> You're prepping them to be adults at such an early age and to handle all of this crazy stuff the world throws at us. So that's another thing we could all go teach our kids. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. I mean, they get, they get Ashley as a mom. They don't get Ashley, the counselor, as their mom. So we're working on it. That's okay. <laughs> Where can we listen to your TED Talk, Ashley? It's not out yet. They said that they have, there's like a ton of rules you kind of have to follow when you're writing your talk. And so they watch every talk, like, and then go and check the rules and make sure it doesn't break any of the rules. And mm -hmm. then it has to get submitted. And then the TED people do the same thing to literally every single TED talk. And then it comes out. But you had a live audience, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was like 200 people there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I almost had a heart attack right before, but then, <laughs> <laughs> well, because I messed, you do like this, um, practice run and I messed up and I was like, Oh, S H I T. That's what I do when my kids are around. I'm like, Oh, S H I T. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, no, Ashley, it's going to be okay. I did my breathing and then I stopped practicing because I was like, I have it memorized, but at this point, I think I'm just making myself more nervous. So I mm -hmm. put it away and I was like, I'm just going to go up there. And I know the stuff that I'm talking about. If it doesn't come out perfectly how I wrote it, that's okay. And so I went up there and then. God was with me because it came out exactly how I wrote it. And I got off the stage and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I don't know. It just felt really good. You nailed great. it. Yeah. You nailed yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. It felt really good. It felt really good. Well, when it comes out, you'll have to share so that we can watch yes. it and mention it and link it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And do you want to go ahead and tell our listeners what else is coming out soon? Yes. Okay. So I have been... Um, working with a bunch of ag businesses just as like myself. But right now I'm building a mental health consulting firm um, where I provide consulting services to different ag businesses that they can provide wellness plans, corporate wellness plans, small business wellness plans um, to their employees or farmers or ranchers they work with just to be able to get more mental health resources out there. Um, 
So if anyone is interested in that, they can always email me and I can send them to that. But with that is coming, um, M well, the podcast, which is launching on September 20, whatever the Monday is next Monday. Um, and I'm really excited because when I go to these talking things, women always come up to me and they say, how do I talk to my husband about this? Like literally what we did in Uh right now, you guys asked me and I was like, you know what, why don't I show them? So I'm going to be pulling Manny off the ranch. Um, a couple of times a month, we're going to talk through different big topics or articles we've, I've read, get his perspective, get like his point of view. Like, what does he think about it? Manny's still kind of on the fence about (laughs) mental health and stuff. So I think it's going to be really exciting and interesting for people to really hear like what it's like talking with him through this stuff with that. Then I'm going to, you'll literally be like talking through it with him for the first time. So it's like so organic and natural. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. That. And then we're going to, I'm going to have interviews with industry leaders in the ag space and in the mental health space so that we can be learning like what are people in the ag space doing for their mental health? And then what are more tools we can bring from the mental health industry to the ag industry? And then also like short kind of tangible tools sprinkled throughout. I'm so excited, Ash, because you Me too. like seriously brought so much value to my life. And I can't, I mean, this is like a value added thing that you're just doing for people. And I feel like it's going to be just really impactful. So I'm excited. Thank so you. by the time this airs, Ashley's podcast will be live. So we'll be sure to link it in the show notes. Where else can our listeners find you? Oh my gosh. Uh, that's, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on my Instagram at by Ashley Machado, or if you want just mental health information, you can go to Mwell Consulting on Instagram. My website is ashleymachado.com, has stuff on there, how you can get a hold of me, how you can work with me, um, or you can send me an email. You can also on Ashley's website, book a free consultation to just, if you're looking into maybe talking to a therapist or something, you can chat with Ashley to see if it's a good fit and she's wonderful. And obviously Mary Pat and I would both highly recommend her. Yes. 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 You can do that too. It's really easy. It's a calendar and everything. Thank you so much, Ash. Thanks for being here, Ashley. We just adore you as a friend and a professional. Like I said at the beginning, you're the best. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks again, Ashley, for taking the time to talk with us today. Be sure to check her out on her new podcast, M Well, the podcast with her husband, Manny. Ashley is a great resource if you are looking for support in the mental health side of agriculture. Be sure to check out her website, ashleymachado.com, linked in the show notes so you can see all of the services she provides or schedule your free consultation. Ashley is making a difference in our industry, and we're so thankful for all she is doing, especially the way she has helped both of us. Thanks to you, our listeners, for spending time with us today to hear about this important topic. Remember to tune in when new episodes drop every Tuesday. Leave us a review or share the podcast to your stories for a chance to win this month's giveaway and find us outside of the podcast on our social channels linked in the show notes. See you next time.